0: This would be the conclusion of the first 20 years uh, of the program, right? Because, I mean, if you do the calculations, the uh, first our first Good Mornings program, June 10th, 2002. And so this is June 9th, 2022. And so we that would be the completion of the first uh, 20 years. Tomorrow is our big 20th anniversary show. So, you know, we've been counting this down all week. Pretty excited about this. Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today in Memoriam, honoring longtime Findlay Community Development Foundation Director John Kovach for his instrumental work in promoting the economic development of the city, the influence of which will be felt for generations to come. Also this morning, local authorities hoping a string of recent break-ins will serve as a reminder about the importance of securing your home, especially this time of year. We have some expert advice. And what the flock? The next time you see a bunch of pink flamingos adorning someone's front yard, maybe even your own, know that it's all for a good cause. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, June 9th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate, today is National Donald Duck Day. So, you know, let's all celebrate that. Uh, The world was introduced to the beloved Disney character on this date in 1934 uh, in a um, uh, what was the uh, cartoon short uh, that uh, uh, I had it in front of me and now I now I don't see it here anyway. Ah, uh, Donald Duck made his debut the Disney car- cartoon this day in 1934. So happy birthday, Donald Duck! Strawberry rhubarb, <laughs> strawberry rhubarb pie, or strawberry rhubarb pie today. I can talk. National Earl Day today. Call your doctor day, and it is Writers' Rights Day because the reason it is Writers' Rights Day, the very first copyright. Uh, issued for a printed book, was uh, registered on this date in 1790. And by the way, the book, the very first copyrighted book in this country, the Philadelphia Spelling Book. Ooh, it was a page turner. So reasons to celebrate today. So are we, mark this date down, June 9th, 2022, um, apparently we have arrived In 1984, you remember the uh, George Orwell book uh, the warned people of the dangers of a government that is always watching its citizens. Um, Apparently, according to a recent study, this is now reality. Researchers from Concordia University have discovered that government websites use tracking software from Google to gather sensitive information on users, users. Viewers of the website, so you go to a government website, um, there is a good chance that they are using tracking software to keep their eye on you and gather sensitive information. The findings call into question the effectiveness of privacy laws, especially when our own government may be sending information to third parties. Uh, I don't know if they're selling it uh, or not. They're just collecting it. But I'm not sure that it really makes a difference, does it, is the government. I'm not sure I want them collecting my data either. Uh, Mohamed Manan, associate uh, professor at the Concordia Institute for Information Systems Engineering, says the findings were surprising. Government websites are supported by public money, so they don't need to sell information to third parties in order to turn a profit. And in some countries, especially in the EU, uh... They are trying to limit commercial tracking. So why is our government uh, allowing it to uh, operate on its own websites? Mm. Big Brother is apparently watching you. I don't think George Orwell could have predicted that this would be the way uh, Big Brother would manifest itself. But uh, apparently we are living in that world today and we didn't even know it. Wow, that is it is a little bit frightening, a little bit disconcerting. I don't want to say frightening it's certainly disconcerting when you think about it. Uh, let's see here. Everybody uh, concerned about uh, prices going up and uh, the cost of everything these days. There is an exception. Chicken prices nationwide have increased 16, almost 16 and a half percent in the year so far, according to the Consumer Price Index. And um, now there are a number of reasons for this in terms of the poultry industry. uh, One of the big factors for the big run up in prices has been the ongoing bird flu outbreak. Um, U.S. Department of Agriculture predicts wholesale poultry prices will increase for the entire year somewhere between 15 and 18 percent. It's about 16 and a half now. But and the reason I bring this up, this is the exception rather than the rule in terms of inflation. Uh, A lot of stores, including uh, Sam's Club, Costco and others, are actually lowering their price on rotisserie chickens. And now down to uh, five bucks or less a bird for their rotisserie chickens. Uh, There are other uh, major grocery store chains that are chains that are just slightly above that. So apparently there's a rotisserie chicken war that's keeping prices low. Ernest Baskin an associate professor of food marketing at St. Joseph's University uh, tells, a, re- uh, tells a, re- a reporter for the Morning Edition that it is an example of loss leader pricing, a marketing strategy in which companies sell certain products below market cost in order to get shoppers in the door. And oftentimes uh, those same shoppers will buy other higher priced goods as well. So they'll make up for those losses With the uh, profits on other items, but rotisserie chickens for whatever reason now are the (laughs) are the bait in that uh, pricing structure. So at least there is that we may not be able to drive to the grocery store, (laughs) but when we finally get there, uh, we can at least afford rotisserie chicken. So that's good to know. As long as the rotisserie chicken prices remain low and we don't have to end up eating ramen noodles. (laughs) <laughs> it's the only thing we can afford and we're okay it's not as not as bad as it could be um speaking of in uh, inflation uh there's a uh, a related uh phenomenon going on right now and have you noticed this shrinkflation is where manufacturers skimp on the products and hope you don't notice uh shrinking package sizes without reducing price is known as shrinkflation It's basically, you know, you think you look on the uh, uh, on the store shelf, you see the prices are not going up and you think everything's okay. But what you don't realize is that you're getting less product for the same price. So it ends up being six one way, half dozen the other. Um, But it is a sneaky way of raising prices in the US. Here are some examples of this uh, that have just come lately. Check out a small box of Kleenex tissues, 60 sheets. Now in those small boxes, instead of the 65 that it contained just a few months ago. Again, may not seem like much, and it isn't much, but all of these little things add up. Five fewer Kleenex, maybe not a big deal, but how about this? Chobani. uh, Chobani flips yogurts. Uh, Shrank from 5.3 ounces in a package to four and a half. If you notice smaller cereal boxes or smaller bags of chips, it may not be your imagination. Shrinkflation, the other side of inflation. And it's uh, one that appeals to manufacturers because it often slips under the radar. But now you know, be on the lookout for shrinkflation. Uh, Let's see here. The one good side to uh, all of this, of course, is that uh, senior citizens can expect a bit of relief. The Social Security Administration says now that uh, benefits at the end of this year, based on what we have seen inflation-wise to this point, are likely to get a cost of living increase of somewhere around 8%. We're only about halfway through the year. So this is when you start thinking, what is that COLA increase going to be uh, for 2023? They say about 8%. This past January, it was an increase of 5.9%, which was pretty big. But 8% would be the highest annual increase since 1981. So for the 69 million Americans collecting Social Security benefits, I suppose that's something to look forward to. I I mean, it is, but... Uh, I, you don't like the reason for it anyway uh, some of the other uh, oh one other story here among the most interesting and buzzworthy stories uh, of the day enough about uh, the cost of everything and that's depressing news this is interesting and I'm not sure what to make of this you can I guess make of it what you want. Astronomers have detected a mysterious radio signal coming from a galaxy far, far away. Three billion light years away, to be exact. Scientists say the repeating fast radio burst was first detected in 2019 on a huge radio telescope in southern China. Why are we just hearing about this now? (laughs) What? (laughs) you If there are aliens from a galaxy far, far away that are trying to reach us now, uh, I, I think you would want to know about this, right? Wouldn't you? I mean, but apparently they first detected these radio bursts in 2019 uh, coming from the outskirts of a distant dwarf galaxy. Can we say that or is it uh, just a little little person galaxy? <laughs> little alien galaxy. No, you understand what I'm saying. A uh, study on the uh, findings was published on Wednesday of this week. So we just found out about it yesterday. Researchers say hundreds of fast radio bursts have been identified in the universe. But this is the only one that has remained persistently active since it was discovered. So there is the difference. Uh, You will occasionally get these signals randomly from deep space but a lot of times they can be attributed to you know stars decaying or whatever creating some sort of rf signal as we know it that reaches our galaxy and that's what the radio telescopes pick up on but this has been persistently active uh, ever since being discovered back in 2019 I don't know, you make of it what you will, but there you go. We are not alone. We are not alone. That is, uh... (laughs) I don't know, that's weird, isn't it? Uh, And a little bit frightening. There you go, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly sunny skies today, high of 74, Partly cloudy tonight, uh, low in the mid-50s. The trial of the man accused of shooting and wounding a state trooper in Finley last fall has been happening this week. Robert Hathorn decided to represent himself in the jury trial, which is being held in Hancock County Common Pleas Court. The 43-year-old from Michigan was previously indicted by a Hancock County grand jury on six felonies in connection with an altercation with a state trooper that left that trooper with a gunshot wound. The trial could be in the hands of the jury by the end of this week. Finley High School says $5.2 million in scholarships has been awarded to this year's graduating class. Principal Ryan Imke says the school is very appreciative of the Finley-Hancock County Community Foundation and the many local people who support them with scholarship donations.
0: Specifically, a great example is uh, Mary Ellen and Ralph D. Cole, who left significant contributions to support our students, and that has been ongoing for many, many years.
1: And he says thanks to the Coles, the high school valedictorian each year receives an $11,000 scholarship while the salutatorian receives a $5,500 scholarship. Get more of our conversation with the principal on the website. A deadly accident in northeast Ohio is being blamed on a turkey. The Carroll County Sheriff says a wild turkey flew into the driver of a motorcycle causing him to lose control. The driver's wife died at the scene of the crash and he was flown to a hospital in Akron. Work is being done behind the scenes to prepare Ohioans for the various ways they'll be able to bet on sports next year. The Ohio Casino Control Commission is writing most of the rules and handing out the limited number of betting licenses. More than 90% of bets are expected to be placed through online and mobile betting sites. Also known as sportsbooks, Ohio's law caps the number of mobile sportsbooks at 25. I'm Mark Namick. Free lunches are available for kids in Hancock County over the summer months. Lunches are available at Glenwood Middle School in Finley Monday through Thursday from 11.30 to 12.30. I'm Matt Demchek for 13.30 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: So Our cover story this morning is something of an in memoriam segment honor of longtime Findlay Community Development Foundation Director John Kovach for his instrumental work in promoting the economic development of the city. The influence of which will be felt for many years to come, and we are joined this morning by a former city councilwoman Holly Frishy, uh, John's uh, John's daughter. And I was re- I was saying before and we on the air, I-, I guess I I didn't realize that uh, that John was your dad uh, after all these years. So that
2: six foot eight guy, that was my dad, <laughs> the ordinary
0: man in town. So you know. It's amazing when you when you think the incredible influence uh, that, that he had. I mean, for one individual, um, a lot has been mentioned, you know, tall timbers. Uh, we know all of the economic development uh, that, is, that we have seen there, all of the jobs, all of the industry that has come to town. And that was uh, pretty much his brainchild. Yeah um even Lake cascades Cascades, where we are sitting right now at at these studios uh that was uh something that he spearheaded uh, as well i mean and those are just a couple of examples where do you where do you start in sort of looking back on that kind of influence
2: um we came to finley in 94 so i'll say i was raised in finley i was young at that time yeah um my dad actually was going to be a priest um he went through the priesthood for seven years um Came home, met my mom, and we have me um, and my brother. But um, he from there, down in Youngstown, he um, was passionate about his community down there, and he was auditor, and he ran for mayor, and um, that wasn't the right choice for him. So the Wall Street Journal had a job posting here in Finley, hmm. and it brought him here. But when he was in Youngstown, he did a development called Caslow. And it was bringing three communities together after the steel mills closed. Yeah. And um, he developed that, and that has been a huge success down there, and it still is today. It was shovel-ready, and they were bringing in incubator companies for startups. Hmm. So that kind of started him, and we came here, um, and he just loved it here. He loved the leadership and all the businesses, and everybody came together. It was the perfect storm, um, which... Timber timbers started from a soybean field that the city actually owned, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, we got to do something with this." And everybody came together; they made it work.
0: It, it sounds like he kind of uh, discovered that passion almost accidentally. That he kind of uh, kind of yeah. stumbled into it, and and obviously was very good at it. Yes, he.
2: Um, it just you know the time was here marathon. There was a chance of marathon being lost, in mm-hmm. the community. So he was brought here to. Help the people. They wanted to have an alternative plan that, if they were ever to lose Marathon, yeah. what was going to keep our people in the community employed and moving forward and successful? And
0: especially uh, having come from an area where you they know major hardship. employers, yeah, he saw what you know what could happen. Yeah, you know, obviously that uh, that drove that. And there's an interesting story uh, about uh, meeting with the uh, companies that would eventually come to Tall Timbers. Uh, where he kind of uh, fudged a little bit on the uh, on the facts about how uh, shovel-ready this yeah. uh, was.
2: Well, so my dad never um, didn't accept a challenge. And we'll <laughs> say um, he liked to tell tall tales, or maybe he was just full of BS. But um, <laughs> Maybe a little bit a of little both. A little bit of both. Um, but that worked, and it drove him. It challenged him. So they had the ground. They went to Japan The Japanese asked them, "Are you going to have a foreign trade zone?" And he immediately said, "Yes." Not even knowing what a foreign trade zone (laughs) was, was. and he's like, "Guys, we got to figure this out, and we got to get a foreign trade zone." Um, So that was actually the the first foreign trade zone on on dirt inland. They're usually um, near water, and so um, it was a huge success. Which the foreign trade zone. Um, had a big tax benefit as things came in before they went mm-hmm. to the Honda plants in Marion or wherever. Yeah. Um, so that just made a big success. I was talking with people last night um, at the funeral, at the calling hours, and they said, you know, you didn't realize bringing the Japanese and that tall Timber's development how much more it did for the city? It was during the water plant and this uh, municipal building being built. Mm-hmm. So they got their financing, yeah. through um oh, Japanese. Yeah. Um, bank, which I never knew.
0: Yeah, so. that's a that's a good point. I mean, obviously, you know, the uh, development, the economic uh, impact of that goes far beyond just. I mean, you know, just what we see today yeah. is the lingering effects of that, but the immediate uh, yeah. impact on the community was was huge.
2: When we came here, my dad, I remember the municipal building wasn't built yet, and yeah. he was in an alley somewhere <laughs> is where they put his office. <laughs> so they were still building the municipal building at that time, and then we needed the new water treatment and all that. So
0: it, it you really look at where this city is now and we you know brag about the fact that number one micropolitan area for how many years running now yep. well, they were and, number one
2: micropolitan back in the late
0: 80s yeah and and you know it would not be we would not be where we are today uh without uh his his influence and we say this is going to be felt for generations to come that's no that's no lie that's not an exaggeration
2: but it wasn't him only and and he believed that he he never wanted to be the face of anything. He was part of the puzzle that made everything work. Um, and they, his personality and, and the leadership here at that time, they came together. They they weren't out for themselves. They were out for the community and, and everybody who lived in it. So they, it just worked. And my dad always had some quirky ideas to stand out from the crowd and, They would always have some interesting golf outings and um, I'll always remember one year they had a golf outing with their development, their businesses that had come, Japanese and all and it was during the Monica Lewinsky era, we'll just say. Okay. And um, they were hiding Monica Lewinsky heads on the golf course, and that was part of the challenge, not just golfing and trying to get the ball in the hole. You had to collect as many, and there was prizes to be won. And everybody just, I mean, it, so if you weren't a good golfer, maybe you were yeah. good at hide and seek. So, um, so they, those were the things that people remember.
0: Yeah. A- after he retired uh, f- from the uh Finley, the uh, Community Development uh, Foundation, which obviously uh, today is the forerunner of uh, Finley-Hancock County Economic Development. But after he uh, left that position, he actually uh, then uh, went to work in like a consulting role for other communities as as well. So So,
2: um, some of the partnerships that were formed here, they went privately and they went across the state. mm. So he did similar um, development that he did in Youngstown and he did here in Finley. He did it for other communities, Willard, um, Sheffield, hmm. um, and there were a couple others, and I'm terrible
0: with this. One of the other things uh, that I, I definitely want to uh, bring up, uh, he was also instrumental in helping to locate Owens Community College uh, in, in Findlay. And you think of all of the individuals that have attended Owens and have furthered their education, furthered their careers, bettered their lives just through that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you talk about the uh, the influence, the lasting influence. Did he ever look at it like that? I mean, you know...
2: I don't know. I, I mean, he he just looked... He was always on a mission to do better and it wasn't just for the higher ups. He believed everybody needed to succeed. Um, and education was huge for him. Yeah. So, you know, he was part of the golden apple back in the day. He sat on the board of the university in Owens, but he made that deal for Owens come together. Um, I think that was Rooney's property back in the day. And mm-hmm. it was the perfect thing that we needed, um, for the more of the two year degrees in our community, especially yeah. with bringing in the manufacturing sure. and the warehousing. Um, and it just worked.
0: It yeah, just worked. Like I said, it it would be hard to imagine where we would be today without all of the things that he had a hand in yeah. bringing to the community. Uh, it's just you know really kind of mind-boggling when you we when you think, think about, about it. it that yeah, way. you
2: think you know we, we live in the immediate and yeah. we forget the past sometimes. But um, the things that happened in the past they form our futures yeah. every day. And- the
0: influence is incredible. Yeah. Is that uh, is that one of the things that uh, sort of inspired you or influenced you to get involved uh, the way you have uh, in the community
2: um i think so I, I mean i i grew up following my dad and you know idolizing him and and i was around all these older gentlemen that were making a change and and seeing these community success dinners and different things going on and i just love it and you know so my dad and i spent Years. I mean, it became a conversation every day. We read the courier, listen to the radio, um, see what's happening. and um, And then I, you know, I worked for somebody for 17 years that was one of his best friends that was part of all that development. So I was involved. I was still involved, whether I was with my dad or just in the community. And and I loved it. I still love it. I still stay engaged with it i don 't think I think it 's in my blood at this point
0: <laughs> again. Uh, Holly Furshe with us uh, this morning, remembering a uh, long time. Finley icon John Kovach, and his instrumental work in uh, promoting the economic development of the city and like we said the influence is going to be felt for years and years and years to come. Hard to uh, imagine where we would be without uh, that uh, that tremendous work that he did over a, a number of years and certainly our uh, sympathies uh, on on your loss. Uh, but know that he will certainly never be forgotten. Yes, Ali, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you for
2: having me. Thank you for honoring him.
0: Joining us in the studio, Findlay Police Department Crime Prevention Officer Brian White. Number of uh, recent break ins, home break ins uh, in the news. We had the uh, story a couple of days ago. Serve as a reminder about the importance of securing your home, especially this time of year. And that's really the, uh, the thing, Brian. It, it's always obviously important to make sure uh, that your home is secure. Absolutely. But this time of year, uh, there are an awful lot of uh, things that we do that provide opportunities for thieves that maybe we don't really think about.
3: Well, going back to the heart of kind of what happened earlier this week or really going into the weekend this past weekend is the weather was so nice that people were turning off the air conditioners, Mm -hmm. the windows were opened up. Right. And a lot of times we kind of forget to lock the doors. That Mm -hmm. kind of plays a part in...
0: And it, yeah, I, and I've done that myself. Sure, you know, you, absolutely. you go to bed and you, you forget you've left uh, the uh, the windows uh, open and hey, absolutely. it doesn't take much to pop out a screen and yep. suddenly you're in the house.
3: Yep. In the crime prevention world, we kind of call that victim facilitation. It's when we unknowingly or unintentionally create a condition that's more likely for a crime to occur. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we try and combat. For instance, uh, I was looking through reports recently and there was a case of someone going down an alley. Um there was a trailer with a weed whacker in the back of it. They looked around, we could see us on the security video mm-hmm. and they decided it was something they were gonna take. Yeah. Right. So we, we shouldn't have to look after our stuff, number one, but right. two, we can do some easy steps to kind of make sure the stuff like that don't
0: happen. Yeah. So uh, you know, obviously number one, uh the the easiest thing you do close your windows, lock those sure. up, uh make sure that your Voluables. doors are locked uh before you, you turn in for the evening or if you're gonna be away for a while. Um, Because, again, it could happen in the middle of the day if you just, you know, go out to the grocery store and leave a window open. Absolutely. And one
3: of the things that our officers look for on midnight shift is garage doors. Mm. Driving around, maybe someone forgot to close down a garage door. Mm -hmm. So if it's late at night, they're usually going to stop you wake the residents up. Hey, your your garage door's open.
0: Yeah. That is a great point Uh, as well. There are some other things that we can be proactively doing uh, to make uh, our homes less attractive.
3: Sure. Uh, Going into the summer months, uh, one of the things that we're doing is taking a lot of vacations, Mm -hmm. right? So you want to make sure that your house looks like it's lived in, right? Right. So grass, you want to make sure you have someone kind of mowing the grass, taking care of the property, not letting mail pile up, not letting newspapers pile up, Mm -hmm. all those easy things like that. And something that I notice a lot is people advertise that they're going on vacation on social media, yeah, right? now. Probably not a good chance that you're friends with someone that's uh, looking to break into your house. but You still, hope not. Uh, criminals, they do a little bit of research into this mm-hmm. stuff, and they might see that as a, hey, this is a great time to yeah. maybe get into someone's house.
0: And you never know, friends of friends who might see sure. your posts, uh, you know, don't know who all and, knows who. And, and
3: sometimes we see that where maybe it's yeah uh, son or daughter tells mm-hmm. one of their friends hey yeah. we're going on vacation for a couple of weeks right yeah. they tell someone
0: yeah uh we've we've talked about that before save those uh vacation pictures for when you get back absolutely and, yeah. and uh post them then, uh, rather than advertising it. And you know, there are, I thought this was kind of interesting. One of the things and this has long been, a, uh, the advice of uh, trimming, uh, your mm-hmm. shrubs and bushes sure. and hedges around your windows and around your home.
3: Sure. One, one of the things I always kind of bring up is darkness, right? If I'm a criminal and I'm looking to break into someone's property, I don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's dark, number one, that's a attractive house for me, mm-hmm. uh, because people are less likely to see me. Another thing is bushes and shrubs. If I have somewhere I can hide behind where a car is going by, that's somewhere else I'm going to look at as well. So if we keep those uh, kind of trimmed down to where no one can really hide behind them, also things like rose bushes, right? No one wants to hide in a bush of rose bushes. (laughs) good S- point. simple ideas like that
0: yeah um so again just something you can walk around your house and you know kind of give it a once over and absolutely and think think like a burglar would and, you and know, how easy would this be to it, in
3: my block watch groups that's actually something i, I bring up which is uh, kind of curious sounding but organize a burglary right <laughs> so have your friends over have your block watch members over whoever it is and look at each other's houses and say, "Hey, if I was a burglar, what mm-hmm. would I do to get in? Yeah, one of the things that came up during one of our meetings was someone had a ladder out back of their garage, and they said, "Hey, do you lock your second floor windows?" No, I don't. Well, all I have to do is take that ladder, put it up mm-hmm. to the second floor, and mm-hmm. now I have access
0: yeah um you know the i was I was looking at some of the other uh, tips online, mm-hmm. and I thought this was one that you would never think of um somebody said they had a mirror in their hallway that you could see from the front door the reflection of the security system the uh, control panel sure you could see whether it was armed or not that's a and good a point. burglar can can see that again some of these things you would not think of
3: including myself that's not one i would have thought of yeah. either
0: <laughs> but it, but it, it might be like you said a a something that you would come up if you have a that, friend or a neighbor
3: absolutely. You know, absolutely. give you
0: a, a, a second set of eyes on that.
3: Well, it's good you bring up uh, alarm systems. While we do advocate for alarm systems because any tool that we have at our disposal is mm-hmm. good to utilize, yeah. the problem with alarms is that most people don't use them. They, they just don't set them. Right? Yeah. Burglars know this as well. So I always encourage everyone, doesn't matter what tool we're talking about, if we have some kind of tool at our disposal, make sure we know how it works yeah. and make sure that we're using it.
0: You know, you mentioned the uh, garage door, and I know, I, again, I've done that uh, sure. uh, occasionally. I we'll, think we we'll all had And, and for, you know, get up the next morning and, ooh, the garage door was open all night. So I actually have one of those smart garage doors where I can control it via an app, and, and I can set it to automatically close at a certain time at night. So if I have forgotten... Um, so again, we talk about these tools, we can use those to help us out. Absolutely. And technology
3: is great. The problem is technology doesn't always work. So if we come to rely on it, Right, it might be that one time where that's, that's it just doesn't point. work. I,
0: I, w- I was actually going to ask you because uh, there are so many more people now that have like the video doorbells. Mm-hmm. They have the security cameras that are connected to the internet sure. and so on. Uh, are, th- are those really? Do those serve as a deterrent at all? I mean, obviously, if somebody, if it catches, uh, you know, somebody breaking into your home, then it provides some valuable information for the police after the fact. Do they serve as deterrent? Or are they so ubiquitous now that? Thieves really have learned to work around.
3: Well, it's still a deterrent. Uh, okay. You might have that one person that says, oh, you know what? There's camera. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go. However, what we find yeah. is that crimes still happen. Either they just don't see the cameras, they don't realize they're there, or they just don't care. Yeah. But what I will say is that when it comes to uh, pursuing and tracking down these people that committed these crimes... Surveillance video helps us out immensely.
0: Yeah. Um, I, again, uh, these are things to, uh, to all be mindful of, especially as we come into the summer season. Uh, the, the other thing about summer is just like everybody else, Thieves are more active in the summertime than they are in the wintertime. Absolutely, no <laughs> if you're a criminal, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be out when it's uh, twenty below in the dead Freezing. of winter. Not, um, not I, I only understand. that,
3: but no one is out in the winter time, right? <laughs> so you stand out just that much more.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So uh, there is a lot more uh, risk out there, uh, both because of what we are doing and the and the fact that uh, the the thieves are out there more uh, prevalent uh, this time of year. Absolutely. Anything else that. Uh, You know, we definitely should make sure people are aware of or put in people's brains.
3: Uh, Sure. Uh, I mentioned uh, having someone kind of look after your house, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're going to be away on vacation. Yeah. Keys. Don't be hiding keys under doormats. People know to look for them there, right? Leave a key with a trusted neighbor or whoever it is taking care of your property. And one of the other things that uh, is helpful for us is that you have an inventory of the items in your house, like all those valuables. Yeah. A lot of times when we go out to a burglary complaint, we're trying to find out what was stolen. Serial numbers no one ever has a serial number yeah. right that's one of the tools that we can use to track this stuff down mm-hmm. so make sure to take a detailed list of all the stuff you have uh, how much it costs you the serial numbers and even pictures that's helpful
0: again you can use technology here absolutely
3: and, and the, the last thing that I would just mention is be a good neighbor look out for each other you know that's uh kind of our our tenant of block watch mm-hmm. right paying attention to what's going on around us and helping each other out
0: very good uh, again the idea is just to make our ourselves less vulnerable uh, all year round but especially in the summertime finley police department crime prevention officer brian white with us this morning brian thanks very much
3: absolutely thank you chris we interrupt this program to bring you a broken
4: news alert
0: today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service more or less of hancock county Veterans services This is something of an unusual day in the broken news. We have no stories out of Florida. None at all out of Florida. Doesn't happen very often. Um, (laughs) uh, This is out of New Jersey where a police officer is suing Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) uh, over a uh, hot coffee incident. Uh, Police officer Peter Haggerty of the Lindhurst Police, uh, Police Department Says he suffered third degree burns when he was given a coffee cup with a mismatched lid and it spilled. This happened back in September of 2020 um, at the uh, Dunkin' Donuts uh, location on Valley Brook Avenue in Lyndhurst. The lawsuit claims the 39 year old could not work as a result, was stuck with expensive medical bills. According to uh, local news reports, this is the fourth hot coffee complaint filed in New Jersey Superior Court against Dunkin. I don't know, just kind of the uh <laughs> it was kind of the uh, image of a police officer Sweeney's donut shop is I don't know, kind of interesting. Uh, let's see here. This out of North Carolina where a uh, member of the Covenant Presbyterian Church has been arrested for allegedly embezzling thousands of dollars from that house of worship. 72-year-old Jane Carol Davis embezzled over $156,000 from the church. Police Department's fraud unit says the misappropriation of funds happened over a period of seven years. When she served as the church's dispersing treasurer. 72, you would think she would know better, to steal from a church. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Stealing from a church and then 72 years old. Yeah. Speaking of uh, North Carolina, um, this is a uh, story out of uh, Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Crazy story. A very unique visitor made its way to the uh, ball field yesterday. The Asheville uh, Tourists, uh, which is a minor league baseball game. The Asheville Tourists. And, uh, you know, it. you see these uh, sports stories from time to time of uh, animals, animals, You know, getting onto the field, maybe a squirrel or a cat is running around in the outfield and they got to wrangle up, you know, the the animal before they can continue the ball game. Well, in this case, a black bear was spotted walking right behind home plate and then into the visitor's dugout at McCormick Field. Fortunately, uh, the uh, Asheville Ball Club was on the road, uh, so no fans, no players were there. Uh, the uh, team is in Greenville uh, for a series there. Uh, but uh, the whole thing caught on security video. The bear eventually made its way out behind a brewing pavilion. In the Can you imagine if that had been, wow, a black bear just wandering onto the field? Uh, let's see. This is a bit of a head scratcher. Politics is, you know, politics everywhere in this country is weird. But this is even weirder than normal a satirical country song as part of the campaign for the governor of connecticut as the two gubernatorial hopefuls locked in a head-scratching war of words a satirical country song was used in the campaign for uh current democratic governor ned lamont uh, he tweeted out a clip of the song uh, which he described as Connecticut's first ever country song. And uh, one of the some of the lyrics uh, go like this. Uh, let's see here. Back home, we thank the governor for the blessings that we got. We can gamble on the Internet and it's cool to smoke some pot. Is it recreational marijuana is legal and gambling is legal? <laughs> We can gamble on the Internet, and it's cool to smoke some pot. And so y'all come visit my state and mind your etiquette. I guarantee you'll be welcome in Connecticut. It's kind of tough to rhyme with Connecticut. Uh, But uh, the uh, singer Rusty Gear, uh, noting how marijuana and gambling uh, are legal, some of the state's perks, and that has raised the ire of Republican Bob uh, Stefanowski, who wasn't laughing about the... About the clip and is now accusing Governor Lamont of breaking state law because apparently it's illegal to use state money to advertise the use of cannabis. And since it mentions marijuana uh, in the uh, in the song, he wants to know if taxpayer dollars were used to make the video. Uh, The governor's communication director, Max Reese, has come out to say the video did not use any state funds and it was made for fun by the governor's staff. Uh, Some people have pointed out that the song is nearly four minutes long, and Stefanowski is basing his outrage on a clip that's less than 20 seconds long. But some Republicans are siding with uh, the uh, GOP gubernatorial hopeful because they say that that snippet uh, was in poor taste. Uh, House Minority Leader Vincent Candelora, uh, also a Republican, says the uh, governor should have chosen a different snippet of the cute song, saying, I really don't know what they were thinking. Uh, the real news, I think, is and out of all of the things that politicians in Connecticut could be arguing about, the fight is over a country song. It's, I don't know. Just, just weird. Apparently, this is a big brouhaha. State of Connecticut. Uh, elsewhere, also in the uh, state of Connecticut, this is just downright. This is a head scratcher. Apparently, a, a man with way too much time on his hands has been arrested for literally tamping tampering with uh, numerous railroad tracks in the state. Darien, the Darien Daily Voice reporting that rail lines around the state of Connecticut are being vandalized, uh, damage enough to cause a derailment if it hadn't been caught. Police staked out various locations in an effort to catch the culprit. They ended up nabbing 63-year-old Jose Aquino in the act, spotted by police going, going to town on the railroad tracks in Waterbury, Uh, Around 8 a.m. this past Friday, it is not known why he was intentionally driving around the state to damage various railroad tracks or what equipment he was using to do so. Uh, But he has been charged with first degree damage to railroad property, second degree reckless endangerment and third degree criminal mischief. He has since been uh, had his uh, initial hearing in court. Uh, out on a $50,000 bond due back in court on June 21st. Why Why would you do that? I mean, of all of the things you can do, why go around and damage railroad tracks? It's for kicks? I don't know. And uh, a happier story in the uh, broken news, for this guy anyway, for the rest of us, I don't know, this is one of those things, I'm so jealous that <laughs> I hate this guy, <laughs> North Carolina, man, back to North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, man, Joshua Locklear is now much wealthier than he thought he was. He bought a $10 lottery ticket and he, uh, I guess it was a scratch off ticket and he noticed that he had won $600. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. So he takes the uh, ticket to the place where he bought it. They scan it and it turns out it's not a $600 winner. It's a $600,000 winner. He had missed the part. It is one of those tickets where uh, there's also a scratch-off thing where you can win five times or ten times or 50 times, you know, the, uh, the jackpot uh, on the face of the ticket. And he had forgotten to scratch that off, didn't realize that it wasn't $600 that he wanted. $600,000. The uh, big jackpot in the... Good for him, but I am insanely jealous. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news. This uh, update in the odd and unusual side of the headlines brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: It's the WFIN Virtual Car Show. Get them out, shine them up, and upload a pic of your classic and we'll post it to WFIN.com for everybody to see. In addition, we'll have an online car show calendar so that you know when and where all the area shows are. It's chrome and horsepower on display online. The WFIN virtual car show and calendar. Thanks to Details Autospot, Lorette Chevrolet Cadillac, and 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: Your daily download this morning: the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, we love, as Americans, we love our comfort foods, and generally, Americans also have some pretty strange combinations. Their uh, guilty pleasure snack habits. Uh, new survey of two thousand Americans, sponsored by Good Cook, uh, finds that sixty nine percent of us are being judged by our partner over our favorite snack foods our, our favorite guilty pleasures, our strange combinations and 69% are being judged by our spouse or significant other for our unusual combinations. Um, now that being said, uh, the same percentage of people also admit that they judge their loved ones for the same reason. So we we believe that our our loved ones are judging us, but we're doing the same thing to them is basically we admit that in the survey as well. Uh, They find that younger couples tend to be more judgmental of their partner's snacking habits uh, when compared to older Americans. Sixty five percent of respondents also admit they harbor controversial food opinions. Um, Let's see here. For example, 20 percent consider white chocolate better than the traditional milk chocolate or dark chocolate. Prefer white chocolate over the traditional. 20%. And that'll raise some people. Uh, 61% uh, like peanut butter and pickles. That's one of those. uh, Peanut butter and anything other than jelly, I think, could probably be considered unusual. And uh, a lot of us, though, have that kind of... Peanut butter and pickles, number one on that list, it's 61%. And again, we're being judged on this. Uh, 13%. Now, this is interesting. 13% in this survey said that they prefer cold pizza over warm pizza. 13% actually prefer cold pizza. Now, that's weird. Uh, And by the way, speaking of pizza, 35% are pro-pineapple on their pizza. 35% pineapple pizza. My wife is uh, one of those, and I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But that's not the only un- unusual uh, topping. 33% uh, like barbecue sauce on their pizza. And that actually, I'm, I'm more okay with that than I am pineapple. Uh, barbecue sauce. Because you can do a barbecue pizza. Okay. I, that's not as weird. But this is 30% say ranch dressing on a pizza is amore. That one I just don't get either. But anyway, just know that as much as you are judging someone else for their unusual snack, food, comfort food combinations, they're judging you just as much. So something to keep in mind. So the next time that you see a bunch of pink flamingos adorning someone's front yard, uh, maybe even your own lawn. Uh, Know that it is all for a good cause. We are joined this morning by uh, Carol Metzger and Mackenzie Wagner from uh, Cancer Patient Services. And uh, what the flock is going on here? You have to be very careful. With I know. That, don't I you? know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <honey-twister>. <laughs> enunciate properly. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely have to enunciate properly when you're saying that. Uh, this is uh, kind of an ongoing thing you've done for a number of years. Yeah, um, yeah. Is this a year round sort of thing? Can people do this anytime? Well, or is I it? suppose you could, but it, the ground has to be soft enough <laughs> to be able to get the flamingos so, yeah, in the ground. This so. is the uh, time of the year when you normally uh, yeah. see that. And uh so explain uh, what this uh, f- most unusual uh, fundraiser is all about here.
4: So um we decided I guess I don't know maybe 3 or 4 years ago um that it might be kind of a fun thing to do um in celebration of um our organization's birthday which is in August. Mm-hmm. So um we got some flamingos and made some signs and kind of put it out to the community and said, you know, if you want to have fun with a neighbor or a friend let us know, and we will stealthily come to their yard and plant some flamingos. And I will say, Mackenzie and I did it the first uh, summer, and there was a lot of like odd looks. And we kept thinking, you know, are, are we, is the sheriff or the police going to show up? Is somebody going to uh, call on us? But we've, that has
0: never happened. I was so. say, have, you, have you ever had uh, an irate uh, person come out and say, no. "What the flock are you doing?" No, no it's usually that's the good.
2: opposite. That's usually good. people are very excited, and we get some little kids that come out and they want to take pictures. Of with, uh, but we do our best to just drop and go, so we're incognito.
0: <laughs> very, very stealthily come and, and uh, do this. Um, and and as you said, this is uh, in honor, it was originally in, in honor of your birthday. This is the 75th uh, anniversary, right? 75? Yes, yeah, so and we're actually coming up on the 76th. Wow. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? That yeah. is. And for those who aren't aware, Cancer Patient Services fills a very unique niche Uh, in the whole continuum of care, Mm -hmm. I
4: guess. Yeah, we provide wraparound services, um, things like financial assistance, uh, medical equipment and supplies. Uh, We have healing arts programs. We have counseling services that are available, um, a full-time patient navigator that can help with Uh, bills um, maybe filing for social security disability so those things you know around the the medical treatment that they're having yeah
0: Um, because there are so many uh, so many charities uh, and and worthwhile uh, organizations that work with cancer patients but uh, again there are an awful lot of of needs that are unmet uh, were not for cancer patient services
4: correct yeah we um we're we're the only agency that provides direct services to clients um you know we provide them to anyone that lives or works in hancock county um and like we just said earlier we've been doing it for 76 years
0: and for for any type of cancer uh, as well uh yeah cancer
4: is pretty non-discriminatory so Mm -hmm. yeah we offer those services to anyone that's got an active diagnosis
0: and uh the uh Flamingo fundraiser is just one of the things uh, that you do, obviously uh, well known for the uh, chili cook-off every year. Correct.
4: Um, that one we are replacing with a new event this September. Okay. So, All right. Um, so something to look forward to. Yeah. Now. We're, we're going to do a, a walk um, September 10th at uh, the
0: University of Finley-Kaler Center. Okay. So uh, we'll uh, look for uh, more information to come yes, very uh, shortly. On, that, uh, on that event. In the meantime, if, if somebody is interested in uh, flocking a friend or a neighbor, uh, how do they go about doing that?
4: Um, They can either call the office at 419-423-0286 or send us a message on Facebook. We just need to know who, when,
0: and where, and we'll be there with the flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> just, just know that you might uh, end up with a uh, retaliatory flocking.
2: Absolutely.
0: That, that uh, I'm sure, is We can send happened. them back
2: and forth. We can make it an all-summer <laughs> thing if you want. We are here with the flamingos.
0: <laughs> um, and there is a, a donation. You just we ask for that, $50, like a $50, to, yeah, and, yeah, $50. But that goes a, an awful long way.
4: It does, yeah. You know, we um, don't have any uh, national funding. All the funds we raise um, here locally stay locally. So, yeah, you know, that fifty dollars is going to help a local cancer patient and, their and family.
0: And if if someone, because as you said, you know, cancer is very non discriminatory, and uh, we all know someone who has been touched uh, by this. Uh, how do they get in, in touch with you? What is the process? Uh, and and. How do you determine what someone needs? Because I would imagine when you get that diagnosis, you're not always really aware of what. What you're going to need. Correct. So usually
4: they get a hold of us. Um, We get referrals from uh, Arms Cancer Center, Ryan Cancer Center, family and friends tell the individual to come in, Mm -hmm. and then we that uh, person um, does an intake with our patient navigator, and she goes through all the services um, that we have available. um, You know, talks to them kind of where they're at in their treatment process. But like you said, you're not really sure what you need at that time. So we do quite a bit of follow up, checking back in to see how
0: people Mm -hmm. are doing and you know have their needs changed. I think it's also interesting to just kind of emphasize what you were saying earlier. It's uh, Some of it is the equipment, the physical things that, that people will need, but then there's also the emotional uh, support right. that you do as well.
4: Yeah. And um, interestingly, we have seen an 84% increase this year mm-hmm. in um, our uh, counseling services. So um, I don't know if, if it's post-COVID and people now, you know, mental health is, has been talked about a lot more, mm-hmm. um, but we've seen a big increase in that. Um, that and And then our healing arts programs, um, some of those that are classes, those end up kind of being quasi-support groups. So um, there's definitely emotional support involved in that as well.
0: Uh, If folks want to learn more about uh, what you do, how you do it, and, and how they can help, it's all up on your website, right? Correct. Uh, we've got that linked up at uh, our webpage, too, at goodmornings.net. And, again, the uh, flocking is available pretty much any time. We can can come today if you want. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, Birthdays, anniversaries, uh, dispute with your neighbor. uh, You
2: name it, we got it. We're there.
0: (laughs) But it's all in good fun. And as we said, it is for a good cause. So the next time you're driving around and you see someone's uh, front yard full of uh, pink flamingos, this is well, probably what's going on, I guess it would not necessarily be the only thing. People could do this, uh, but more than likely it's probably you guys. Um, I mean, I, yes, it's we, us. I <laughs> not think there were too many people that are doing that. They're just
4: driving around with flamingos in the back of their doing, car. <laughs> doing that intentionally
0: uh, as a decor choice. Uh, again, uh, <laughs> we've got the link up at uh, goodmornings.net. Thanks very much for uh, dropping by, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. The Services. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program. Of course, remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, a very special edition of the program from Scramblers in downtown Findlay. We have a full lineup of VIP guests as we celebrate. 20 years of Good Mornings. It's the 20th anniversary of our first show on June 10th, 2002, so it's going to be a special morning. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.